Hey, quick break to talk about our sponsor today. We're talking about HubSpot and their new AI-powered service hub. Okay, so what is service hub? Basically, every customer today wants to be talked to in a personalized way. And before, that required tons of human agents. But now, with AI, you could do that in a personalized way with fewer humans involved. And so you don't have to scale up your team in order to deliver personalized chat and service. So check out HubSpot's new service hub to use their AI tools to give better support to your customers. That's what they want and that's what they deserve. So visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn how this all new solution can help you deliver customer service with AI to your customers. Is that what they do? That's what they do. <laughs> All right, we're back. Um, before we get in, so you know how I said leave reviews? Yeah. Um, I think we got two or three or hundred reviews off of that. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and we promised about people cool, cool shit. We got to like fulfill because people oh, are like, I've been, here's my receipt. Uh, I, I left you guys a so great I review. Got, I got about a hundred messages of people with the reviews. I replied to all of them. Last night, I was sitting on my couch. So I, I'm just the asshole who didn't. <laughs> well, I CC'd you on a few. I replied to all of them with the special gift. I just let the, I yeah. called them, and basically. That's great. a video voicemail. You know, uh, at YC, they have this thing, which is like, you'd rather have um, a thousand people love you than a million people just kind of like you. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that, that is now abundantly clear about this podcast is like we have these goals of like we're going to grow this thing big but we already did the hard part which is you get a small number of people to love you where they're like this is my routine uh, this is my favorite podcast and i've been listening to podcasts for five years yeah and so uh that's very i don't know it feels good it feels great yeah i had a. Uh... I got, I was showing Adam last night. I got, I don't know, I mean, at least a couple hundred D, like DMs on my Twitter of people with the review. Exactly. And I sent them all a video. So review us and leave a video. <laughs> or uh, review us and let me know because Sean hasn't been doing it. But at least if you let me know, you'll get something back. All right. You know what's my fear in all this, though? Uh, so I have a fear that's crept up now. The fear is. Um, I never want to be the smart person in the room. And so there's part of me, I'm sitting in this red fucking throne and uh, throwing out ideas that I'm admittedly saying are half-baked, you know, probably bad ideas, but they're interesting to me. Um, I want to make sure that we're learning doing this. Like, I want to be learning stuff and sharing it. I don't want to just be sitting here saying, hey, I got answers. I'm going to give them to you. And so my commitment to myself, really, more than anybody else, but I want to say it out loud because that commits me, is... Uh, you know, as we do this, it's not about, oh, I have great ideas, let me say them, or, or we're brainstorming great ideas. It's we're going to learn interesting stuff by talking to interesting people and doing research on things, and then we're going to share what we like. We're going to share what's, fun, what's interesting to us. So that's my fear is you never want to be the guru. You want to be the student. Um, and so that's kind of my, my little mini rant. I agree. I'm not trying to be a guru, and I'm certainly not. Because some of the DMs we get, people are like, help me. Yeah, help me, you know. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't know anything. And me attaching my name to your thing does nothing. Like, we've got to do the work. Yeah. And, like, you know, I'll help you. But, like, I hate I'm not the answer. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not the answer. <laughs> uh, uh, and we could preface this by saying most of the ideas we get, I just steal from other people. Yeah, for sure. Of course. So, <laughs> um, all right. You want to uh, get in? What do we want to talk about? You want to talk about... Can, can I talk about something that's happening recently? Yeah, brandless. So, is that what you want to talk I about? I want to talk about brandless, and I want to talk about um, these new credit cards that are popping up. Yep. All right, pick one. Let's do it. You go ahead, brandless. Uh, all right. So, brandless. People don't know uh, they went out of business. What they were trying to do was, uh, they were like, "Look, don't pay for the name brand. 
you should just have high quality products and they should just be brandless. And because we take away the name brand, we can lower the price. That was like the initial promise or the premise of the business. Awesome idea. Awesome idea. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people are shitting on them now because they like failed. But I still think fucking awesome idea and actually of course ironically brandless is a good brand um and so i think that that was really cool they raised a shit ton of money from softbank like 200 million dollars before they really achieved any product market fit and that sort of like was the death note for the company because it was just the expectations when you raise 200 million is you're going to be you know a billion dollar plus company and if you do that too early and you haven't actually proven out your model, you haven't figured it all out, what, what, expectations crush the business. I actually, so I didn't prepare because I just thought about this, but what do you, what's the biggest grocery store chain in America, you think? Albertsons. Albertsons, Albertsons maybe Safeway, I don't know. Uh, okay, let's use Safeway. Can you look up, try and find this, just, just a headline. Trying to tell me what the revenue or how many sales like uh, generic brands for grocery stores or like the Kirkland up, brand or whatever. Look up how much revenue the Kirkland brand does. Well, I mean, I bet you it's astronomical. And so, actually, what I, I mean, if you think about how, what brandless could become, it is the generic, the, the generic brand, a trusted Kirkland brand. Yeah, I think, and I think it's a great idea. Yeah, the problem was that they raised all that money right off the bat. I, ha- I have a problem. There was some incompetence with leadership. I don't ha- actually know this. Yeah, thirty-nine billion. Kirkland brand sells thirty-nine billion dollars of products. Twenty-eighteen. Fuck, Henry, quick with the trigger. I like yeah. that. What's um, that source? Uh, business insider. What's the story? You think he's lying? Well, you think he's making this up? <laughs> wow, thirty-eight billion dollars in one year. So, so one thing I loved is I. Okay, and that's just Kirkland. Kirkland, crazy. So I, I listened to her on a podcast. Tina Sharkey, I think, is her name, and she's like an internet OG. She's been around with a bunch of companies, um, all of which I think have not done super great. But she went on this podcast. She said this thing that I liked, which was she was like, "Think back to when you were a child, and like, let's walk from room to room. You're in the laundry room." What brand are you going to see? You're going to see whatever, you know, Tide. You're going to see whatever. Go to the pantry. What are you going to see? You're going to see fruit roll-up and uh, Pop-Tarts and all this stuff. And then open up your fridge. What are you going to see? And you see these brands. And actually, it's kind of like you've seen these stats where the S&P 500 turns over, like, I don't know, 20% of the S&P 500 turns over every every decade. Uh, basically, the same thing happens with these like, household brands. These brands that seem like staples of your home. Right. Um, a lot of them are like, like Minute Maid. It's like fuck minute made you're out like you know now you know or, uh, tang yeah tang you know like these brands just like like they are not they can come and go generationally they don't just all make it from one mom to the next mom and i actually believe that premise and she was like look the moms of this generation they don't want to pay for this like the this consumer packaged good brand in the same way they want to know it's high quality ingredients sourced you know ethically and you know they don't want to overpay they want to be you know value conscious so i liked a lot of the premise i'm sad it didn't work but somebody i believe i believe you should just go out today and pitch i'm brandless without softbank and uh, i think i would i would invest in so an incredible entrepreneur i agree with you i think i had three people reach out to me that said hey can you ask can you introduce me to the people who are selling brandless i mean i don't know them but i just tweeted it and i got an intro and i introduced three different people who are <laughs> wanting to buy the assets and wh- what are the, what are the assets what are you getting you get the name maybe a li- some inventory probably okay the name and uh, an email list and then Unfortunately, probably a bunch of an incompetent team. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> no disrespect, but look, if they couldn't pull it off, they're by definition. Well, not. you'll you'll need to restart for sure, right? You'll need a clean slate, and you need to lower the burn. Yeah, um, I think it's cool. I would probably charge a. Mem- do they do membership? 
they did a subscription because they started off with everything was three bucks. I forgot to mention that. That was like a key selling point. It's like, dude, I think that's everything's awesome. three bucks. Look, like three dollar store. And people say the CAC was too high. It cost too much to acquire customers. That's probably true. But like Wish is doing it. Yeah. You know, I don't know the economics, but this brings up an interesting half-baked idea. Um, we got a DM from your friend about like businesses that are in the spot Brandless is in where they're doing essentially a closed down slash fire sale. And do you want to share the idea that... that uh, Which we, one? Narendra oh, uh, shared this good idea this morning. Yeah, that was a great idea. Okay, so we actually should bring this guy in. I have an investor and a good friend of mine. I cold emailed him and we became friends. He invested. He started a company called WebShots. And I, I think he sold it for $80 million. And then he bought it back um, for pennies. And then sold it again for 20 or $30 million. And then now has bought it back again. <laughs> and he was like, you guys... Uh, or you know what something would be interesting is if you could be like a graveyard or an unwinding service undertaker he called an it. undertaker where you can just buy these dying things and that exists I mean, it's, that's a, what- it's a service to basically wind down your company you take a fee and you do the sort of fire sale and i'm sure there's services out there like this but somebody could specialize in tech companies wind down both you have talent you have hardware you have uh you know assets that you're trying to fire sale off and then you have all the normal business closing stuff you got to do so you don't get like taxes next year um because you have to actually shut down your company officially and nobody wants to do that it's not fun and investors want to make sure that that process is done with no like funny business so that they like maximize the value and this kind of reminds me of something that i wanted to bring up which is I think that now that private companies are staying private for long and not going public as much, what I think needs to happen is I think the venture capitalists, a lot of VC firms need to start buying companies and just need to own them for the cash flow versus wanting something to go public or get bought. And so what I think is going to happen is I think a lot of these VC firms are almost going to turn into hedge funds or private equity funds. Where they're going to start, they're going to buy and operate a lot more than they are now, and that's related to that. Um, so I don't think VCs will do it, but the sort of new age VCs that are going to be hybrids. So like uh, Andreessen Horowitz shifted their model where they're not a VC; they're now a I forgot what it's called, but like they wanted to be able to just own cryptocurrency, just buy it and hold it, and yeah, do other things. I so they I needed to reclassify. About. And then uh, this guy Chamath, he basically has a fund called Social Capital. It started off as a traditional VC fund, and then like he had to restart it for all kinds of reasons. Um, but one of the things he does now is he has this thing called a SPAC, which is his special purpose vehicle for taking companies public. So you're a company, you don't want to go public. He's already public and he just acquires a stake, you know, a stake in your company, I believe is, that, is that how the mechanics work. So they just did this with Virgin Galactic. And so it's like a fast track to being public and getting that liquidity without having to go and be, you know, your own independent listing. Yeah, I'm um, into that. I know Andrew Wilkinson's probably listening. He owns Tiny uh, Capital. And they do. They've been doing this. Uh, the companies that they own collectively, I think, do about a hundred million in revenue. And he, I think, takes dividends and buys companies with the cash flow. Right. And uh, it's an awesome model. But a lot of these companies, like Brandless, there's no cash flow. Right. It's going to be a cash sink. It's one of these go big or go to zero. And in this in this case, it went to zero. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't have plans. to be. It doesn't have to be, but um, it's also that is also vi- valid, right? Like to do the do what like jet tried to do which is like you know they never made their core business work sold for three billion dollars uh because they they went for the plow money in today try to get the scale and then be the first to have scale doing what we do you know it's a it's a model no i'm into (laughs) it what's the other one you want to talk about credit cards um we can mention it just for a second but uh ramp ramp capital right ramp uh let's let's ramp something 
It's based out of New York. It's Brex, but from New York, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm into it. It launched today. Okay, so I went... My company, we do, let's say, eight figures a year in revenue. We have uh, not, uh, seven figures in cash. Um, I have been using one big bank for a long time. And to get us to raise our credit card limit from 30000 to 80000 was a nightmare. Oh, my God. A nightmare. Yeah. I had to go meet them in person two or three times. I had to show them my personal Sampar's tax returns. It was stupid. I signed up to Brex, and I got three or four hundred thousand, some hundreds of thousands of dollars in like 12 hours. Yeah. Awesome. And I told these guys, and like, yeah, we can't compete with that. <laughs> they basically admitted it. And I go, okay, well, right. this conversation's over. Thank you. Uh, so I really like this new business credit card space. And I, I'll explain how I think they're making money. But Ramp just launched. And what they're going to do, what they said they're going to do is they're going to analyze all your credit card spending and they'll tell you where repetitive purchases are coming through. And I actually mentioned this on the podcast um, three months ago. I was like, I'm telling you that businesses are wasting so much money by buying multiple subscriptions of things. And I think something amazing can be built by helping you save a little bit of money. Right. That's what this is. Um, that's one, like that's, a side feature they have. That's not like, the main feature is the same like bricks, right? Like it's like, here's a business credit card. Well, and a that's how they're um, differentiating. Brex's advertising says uh, we will get you re- better rewards, right? And this is we'll save you money. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's cool. And I'm I'm really bullish on those things. Um, and I think the way they work is whenever a, whenever a customer when I have my credit card and I go and buy something the merchant pays a 4% fee. Um, and what Brex does is they go to MasterCard and they go, hey, you guys are getting 4% fee for all this stuff. Give us a cut of that and we'll create more credit card users. Right. And uh, I, I think that's how they're making money, I'd imagine. I think so. I, I don't know. I don't know for certain, but um, fintech companies are very interesting. We should. Uh, I know a couple guys that are deep in fintech. We'll, we'll bring them on. A lot of people are not deep into that. And a lot of people, like Wealthfront and Betterment, a lot of people hate those, like buyers. Uh, right. They, I don't know how they're ever going to get bought. I don't know who would buy them. Uh, we'll see. All right. What else we got up here? Um, Let's see. I feel like, Sean, when we come for the last few times, I've been the one doing all the research. And I have a feeling <laughs> that you're the one who's done all the research. I did some time. research this time. Uh, so first, follow up on uh, last time I was talking about corporate universities. Um, I'm going to keep talking about anything education because I just love it. I had a lot of people reach out to me about that. Really? Okay. So I, I, I went back to my notes. I already had these notes, uh, but I just wanted to mention a couple of them. So Hamburger U, that's the McDonald's one. 19 full-time professors. I thought that was interesting. Um, there's, uh, I don't know how you say this, Crotonville. That's from General Electric. So Kaiser just opened up their own med school, which I find really interesting because it's what that's exactly what I was talking about, where you want your own pipeline of doctors, so you create your own med school. Um, then some companies do it more like training, Apple University, Deloitte University. I think those are more like just a training program, so you could be a better employee. Can that's you, that's you different. Can you make that bigger? Um, another one that I thought was interesting. So we talked about Zoho. So Zoho has their own university and the graduates of that make up 15% of their workforce. Oh shit. Uh, which is pretty insane. So a hundred, they have about a thousand, maybe they have more than a thousand people. I'm not sure exactly how many total that is. Um, the Google IT support certificate has 75,000 <laughs> graduated students, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, so I think this is going to be a big trend. So um, where's the opportunity to be a company that can create these education? So I, so I think what you can do is, so there's these companies that are called what the hell are they called uh, I, I know one is called to you or something like that that's the name of one of their companies so there's a set of companies that what they're doing is they say hey university hey Berkeley you should have an online degree and for years universities were not so interested in this and then they saw how much money gets made by online degrees and so they were like 
okay, we'll take that money. And so they don't want to, you know, Berkeley doesn't want to have to sit there and build out an online degree portal that has like the technology, the service, acquire students. Like Berkeley doesn't know how to do any of that shit, right? So there's a couple, there's three big companies that basically go to these universities and they say, hey, do you want to offer an online degree? We think it brings this much incremental revenue to your university. And, um, we will run the whole thing for you so you don't have to lift a finger and uh here's the but we want you know 30 percent of the of the tuition revenue and uh right so what happened is all the universities said yes so there's a, a billion dollar company that's doing this uh, that basically offers this to all the universities so this if you go look all these you know traditional universities now have a online degree or certificate like certificate program that they offer and it's run by these other companies i forgot the name of what these companies are called there's like some generic term but i think you could be that for corporations and so um i think you could go to a co- corporation and say hey would you like to basically have your own you know developer boot camp or um university for you know essentially we're going to pop out people who are like management consultant types and uh, it's good for your brand to to get students early and anytime you hire one of them we take essentially a recruiter fee and we'll run the whole thing for you and so i think that's one way you could take advantage of this trend so uh, vayner media does this thing called three d's or i don't know what it's called something like that and um, it's 10 grand and you go to their office for a day and you learn how their business operates. So if you're an agency owner, you get to hang out with Gary Vaynerchuk for an hour. But then they also have like the head of each department for an hour and they come in and they explain how their companies run. So Tucker, who's on here, he is thinking about doing the same thing as well, where users can pay a fee and they can come in and um, see how the company operates. So Book in a Box itself is a little bit different. Book in a Box is you want to write a book. This is Book in a Box. We're going to help you write it, promote it, do the cover work, all that stuff. And they do this for like high profile business type of people who want to have their own book, right? And that business does good. It's a good business. Yeah. He bootstrapped it. They have a, he, he was telling me he was like, Amazon's going to buy us for so much money. <laughs> That's what, like the joke that he has said. So who knows? Like, and what they want to do, which is different, is what you're talking about, what our idea is give you exposure inside these companies to, to the like leadership of these companies. Is that it? Yeah. Like take you on t- t- corporate tours, essentially. Yeah, because Book in a Box, what they're famous for is uh, their culture is really good. Mm-hmm. Like their, their own company culture? Yeah. Interesting. And so that's – and we thought about doing it as well. I mean, we're not big enough that we have something to offer. But it's okay. kind of a cool idea is where – like I would do it for other companies. I would pay money to see – like – if Barstool did a thing where you could see how they how they operate their business, I would pay money and go. Right. And, and VaynerMedia, if you guys want to research this, if you want to like, if you think that your company is special and um, people would pay money to do it, to see how big Vayner's is, they put all of their events on Eventbrite, and you could see which how many tickets they're selling per event, and gotcha. so you can actually reverse engineer this and see how much revenue it's bringing in. I like it. So, um, wait, hold on, we have a guest. Hey, how's it going? We have a special guest. We're recording right here. <laughs> Dude, come on in. Oh, yeah. You gotta say hi on the camera. How's it going? Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. What's going on? Nice to see you. So we have a special guest. We're recording right here. So if you're listening to this, you don't have the video. Um, Lance Armstrong just walked in, <laughs> as he does, uh, you know, at, at certain times. So we have this podcast here. Yep. Um, Every day. Three days a week at this like point. It feels like every day, right? Well, our goal is to get to a hundred thousand daily listeners. Yep. Per episode. Per episode. I'll push a button and get into hundred thousand earballs. Right. Morning. Right. And we're doing a good job. Yep. We're getting close. Good. I bet you are. Um, you, have a, you have a big, 
big following. I'm we sure we have a you big are. following. And so the back story behind this podcast is, and and now we're doing videos and we're chopping it up like you do yeah. with uh, uh, forward the forward uh, the forward. The forward and the move. So the move. The second one. This, you know, yeah. The tour one's called the move. What we've been doing. So Sean had a company that he just sold to Twitch, and I've got companies. And all we've been doing is scheming out loud. And for some reason, people love listening to it. It's been working. Um, and we have like everyone's messaging us saying they're starting little things that we've been riffing on. Good. And we just listen to any podcast, or you uh, make the content don't listen. Uh, I'd listen to a few. I, you know what? I, I kind of get. I do get. I'll occasionally listen to Rogan if it's if it's a guest that I'm interested in. The whole thing or the clips? No, it's it, he goes long, man. He, three hours. Three hours. Sometimes. I'm like, when I did it, he was like, I was like, so how long do you think I'll be here? He's like, oh, three hours. I was like, what? I've never talked to anybody for three <laughs> hours. Like, no, I'm not talking for three hours. I'm I'm not that interesting. But uh, yeah, no. So I'll get into these crime ones. Uh, Me too. Me too. Like Podcast? I got sucked into this uh, root of evil. Yep. That was just super fucked up. I've been listening and to that one. Do you have the 12 hours afterwards where you have to Google and like follow up and be like, okay, I need to know even more. No, yeah, you're trying not to. <laughs> and then what was the other one that was, um, oh, it was just I filthy. do Serial Killers. Do you know that one? No, but they're all about serial killers, right? No, there's one called Serial Killers. Yeah. And it's awesome. We Crashed, about we work, kind of crime. I listen to all those ones as well. Wow. The Wondery and Parcast. Yeah. yeah um, and they just, one of them, one of those companies just sold to, uh, Spotify. Spotify for yeah. a couple hundred million bucks. So did The Ringer. The Ringer. Bill Simmons just keeps making money. Yeah, apparently. I think he owned, I bet you he owned the majority of that company. Wow. So he probably walked away with a couple hundred million bucks. Good for him. Um, we got to get you off the LaCroix. You, have, have you seen the Austin brand? This isn't brand? mine. I just leave them here. Have you I seen the new brand out of Austin, Waterloo? Oh, Waterloo. What's Waterloo? Water, it's it's, a, it's like a sparkling water, but it's better. So this is the, what the podcast I'm a, is. I'm an investor, full disclosure. Okay, well, this is what the podcast is. <laughs> no, but they're crushing it. They you just talk about schemes. So what is it? It's a, it's look, what, what is it? It's sparkling water, but it's, <laughs> it's. Our Austin office buys it. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, it's all the right. Well, from the Austin office, it's on their their HQ is on is on um, is on East Caesar Chavez as well. So from from where the hustle is, or at least where it's always yeah. not moved, we, we moved on, into a right. bike shop. Yeah, we're uh, we're on East Seventh now. Okay, so you guys used to be on on Caesar Chavez. Yeah. You moved up, but so they're still on Caesar Chavez, which is where our studio is. But no, they're just they're cool guys. They're killing it. You know, how much did they raise? They just did a new round. It's like 30 they raised, I want to say. I'm probably getting that wrong. But they did 50 million sales last year. They're going to do 100 this year. Holy shit. No, they're they're knocking. Yeah, it's 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 lighter, cleaner. The can has they have all these different yeah, they're the ones story. with the cool-looking cans. Story. Like it's like past, or uh, it's like a white. Well, they have a lot of flavors now. It's probably up to ten or twelve. But it's flavors. like a retro-looking can. Yeah, retro-looking. Yeah, it's real sort of groovy-looking. Uh, they brought in the guy that ran Smart Pop and sold that off, and so he's the CEO. So they got real. Austin has a Kavu lot. Ventures is the big Who? Is the Kavu Ventures out of Austin. That's the guy from the vodka company is that the tea so he clayton was was from deep eddie he did sweet leaf tea deep eddie um and then went and started kavu with two other guys he's now since left but um anyways he's still on the board at waterloo and high brew coffee which is a big advertiser of ours do you like yeah. investing it's kind of boring no i love what do you mean what's wrong with you? it's boring what's wrong with you <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? He doesn't like making money. I like, I like. You know, there's probably there's probably some charity right down the street where you could go give them all your dough from Twitch and and give them all your time. You know, investing sounds fun, and the the initial pitch is fun. Yeah. 
but once you give them the check, it gets very boring to me because uh, you're so hands off, and I like, I like I it. I like being a part of creating stuff. Dude, it's like being an uncle. You get all the fun stuff and not any of the what? hard work. I see. We... That's actually a good analogy. <laughs> right, That's a good analogy. Being an uncle is the best. So. Yeah, I mean, we 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 launched a fund, and we, we, we almost you know probably ninety percent of the companies we're super involved with. In what way? Well, either through the board or being on the board or, or, or just um, – they just need help. I mean, you, you know this. I mean, young entrepreneurs, they might have a great idea and, uh, and be smart people, but they're going to come across things. They just need help navigating and, and, and or uh, connecting them. I mean, in our – I remember our, once I went to uh, pitch an investor uh, founders fund. Mm-hmm. And uh, Founders Fund's like a top fund or whatever, and he offered us a term sheet. And I asked him, I said, you know, uh, we have this other capital source right now, like self-funded by uh, my, like my business partner. We could just keep self-funding or we could take this. I said, you tell me, like, you know, how much value add do you guys really bring? And I was mm-hmm. ready to hear, like, the sales pitch. And he goes, honestly, um, the worst companies need the most help, and I can't save them. The best companies never need my help. And so, and then there's everybody else in between. Yeah. And here, if I'm giving you this term sheet, I hope you're the, one of those that are the good companies that I really don't have any influence in. I just get to take credit in the end. And I was like, I dig that honesty. That wow. feels true to me. That wow. like the best companies truly, like, like I've only made a couple of investments, but Lambda School is probably the best one. It's done pretty well. Yeah. And uh, you know that one. <laughs> I'm like a needy girlfriend. Uh, you know, they're like one of the hot Silicon Valley companies, doing super well. And you know, I'll text the founder to be like, hey. What's up? You want to jam on ideas? You want me to help you with this problem? And he's like, "Dude, I'm just busy with all this fucking growth." I hate and when people. We have right now. <laughs> I hate when investors I ask need, what what I, I don't need. Need anything? And I'm yeah. like, "Oh, this is what it feels like when you're winning, uh, when you're really, really winning, and you just are too busy for any of this bullshit." Yeah, we won't tell Neil when he gets here. Well, I what I do is I send monthly updates, and they're very clear and succinct, and I'm very transparent. And they're like, "How can I help?" I'm like, "You can't unless you have ideas, and you can tell me how you can help do it." But I don't. I, I, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know. How can you help? You're on your way. You know what I mean? It's like, what, are you going to come in here and write emails for me and do work for me? I mean, like, I, I don't know. They're like, do you need intros to anyone? I'm like, who do you know? I, I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, I think the intro part is big in our world. And so, you know, in health and wellness, fitness, nutrition, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, I've been doing this for 30 years just as an athlete. So I've gotten to know everybody i mean if if we make an invest these are just examples but if we make an investment in a company like amp human and they need uh, and it'd be very obvious that they'd be connected to strava and vice versa it would take them a month to get a call you I know, think you're different, though. Yeah. That's well, your, thank you, Sam. <laughs> well, that's your value. Is well, that that's our value. Yeah. Everyone knows that you know everyone. I mean, you're right. a celebrity. Like, you could get in touch with everyone. But, like, if, you know, I, I'm an investor, you're an investor, it's like, they don't know who I know. Yeah. And I probably don't know that many people who they can't just cold email. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you need it to be unique. Is that what your angle is going to be? Is that you have? There's that, and we call. It, I mean, we we refer to it as the flywheel, just because you know now the one show, uh, the second show, the move is about 15 million downloads a year, and so you know once that started to really take off, then I I was getting all this interesting deal flow. I thought to myself, we should start a fund and, and invest in some of these companies, and and then what happens when we reintegrate uh, or occasionally integrate some of our companies? back into that audience right that core sticky group of 15 million people that's what we bring to it right yeah so um yeah i mean there's the connections there is the flywheel there's the audience and then we got a pretty kick-ass advisory board that that we pull into whether it's you know researching deal flow or 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 sitting on boards um so is there any 
Um, so you were doing a thing. So we've talked about hotels out here. For, or I've been riffing on hotels. I'm really interested in hotels yep. because they're growing. Like the biggest hotels, the top 10, they're growing at a really high clip um, mm-hmm. right now because young people are, are doing experiences more. Um, you, George Hincapie, has this thing called the Domestique Hotel. Yep. And uh, you were doing a ride there where someone could pay uh, a fee and hang out with you for two days. Well, we call it a camp. Yeah, camp, I mean, that's it's, what I mean. it's probably four days of riding. Right. Yeah. And uh, something that's been interesting us, me, and I've been bringing up is hotels that offer more experiences. Yeah. Um, and so it could be as small as being filled with Peloton bikes. Yeah. Which I have found myself going to more hotels just because they have a high quality gym. Um, are you? Did, did you see that his hotel or the domestique? Did it get increased bookings because of that? Because of that, um, the camp that we sold. Yeah, and well, his, what was the, the yeah? I mean, it's an int- his hotels. It's only I think twelve or thirteen rooms, so it's pretty easy to fill up. So if we announce, and we, he and I are doing the same thing in Mallorca in September, but at a, at a separate hotel, but obviously, <laughs> um, but when we announce that camp, it just kind of fills up. You know, it would it'd be a different jam if it was a 200 room hotel um and that's his problem right he can either sell he either has one room full or two rooms or he could sell 200 rooms right 13 is a tough number i would love for that to happen i wrote an email to you one time i was like you you need to become the jimmy buffett of weekend warriors right and you need to have a hotel where people could come and dude i mean jimmy's he's branded everything whether it's blenders he's doing nursing homes now jimmy buffett is yes so, I mean, he's got, I mean, when, when I talk about Jimmy Buffett, I mean, if you think about a Jimmy Buffett fan, like a parrot head, right? So if it's the day of the show in Dallas, Texas, which I say that because that's my mom and stepdad go every time, from the minute they wake up, he's owning them, right? They're listening to Sirius XM, they're listening to his station, right? Probably at some point pregame, they're drinking his beer, the Land Shark beer. Then they then he they buy the ticket, which is again his. Um, they get to the show, they're buying his swag. They go back, or they pregame, they, they they like pregame or, or tailgate out there. They're using his margarita blender. He's got everything. Yeah, and he has a then he has the hotel. He, he's, he's got he, the and then his clothes, clothes right. I'm, I mean, I think why, it's just sort why of is Lance Armstrong not the Jimmy Buffett of Weekend Warriors? Well, hotel, Jimmy, Jimmy. Events. I don't know if you paid attention the last seven or eight. You know, we're we're getting back there, but no, it could happen. I'm could. telling you, yeah. I like what the world that that I Whoa. want to live in is like. I can like these UFC cannabis. Guys. He's all into cannabis. Is he? Yeah, these, these the uh, the, the coral kind of, reefer. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. The coral reefer. These UFC guys are kind of doing it, where you could pay money and go and work yeah. out with them and live at their gym. Yeah. Ah oh, man, Laird Ham- Laird Hamilton's Did you doing cameo? it. You know, I did for a sec, and I did not. The answer's no. I just, I don't know. That's how you can see. This is not worth the sort of. I just, I just didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel right. Because I think that's the thing, right? Like, do you want to, like, how much of yourself and your time do you want to spend yeah, on? Yeah. How that, much do you think Jimmy Buffett deeper, spends right? on that shit? Cameo is easy. It's on your phone, right? I wouldn't do Cameo. That's how you could tell which celebrity is broke. By how much they're, how much they're. See, that's probably the reason I stopped. <laughs> You're like, oh, this I didn't guy. Sam this said guy, it. Man, the kill shot, dude. Wow. It's like, this guy's charging oh, fucking right. <laughs> like Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey is charging fifty dollars for a two minute slot. This guy's broke. By the way, that. That's an excuse. Nice, <laughs> nice, uh, nice people. I talked to them. You know, when I they were great. But no, but you're doing well. But yeah, 
Yeah, but like it is more reality TV YouTubers Viner. It's like Uncle Joey from Full House is really hurting. He's only charging fifty bucks for a three minute spot. Like he's yeah. he's broke. I feel yeah. this is horrible. Whereas Snoop is charging two grand. He's the one who's doing good. Snoop charges two grand on Cameo. No, something like that. Yeah. I got TJ Lavin from Thousand was the max, yeah, Maybe or whatever. He he's yeah. the max. I got TJ Lavin to say hi to my wife for like a hundred dollars. It's a great gift. I don't even know who that is. He's so like cool. on the real world. He's the host of the channel. It's stupid. Former BMX guy. But that's how you can tell who's broke is by what they charge on Cameo. Uh, the more they charge, the more broke they are. Or less. Or if they yeah. charge a little bit of money, then they're really hurting. Yeah. And I set mine high, and I it was it just. You know, it was to, people aren't. Why would why would anybody pay that? I would pay. Can I? I thought Neil and I were going to go have lunch. Oh yeah. Well, let, are you let, eating lunch with us, or are you going to keep podcasting? I'm going to wrap up here in a few yeah, minutes. Lunch here, always. Yeah, let's we go. We got we'll, food we'll go here. Thanks for having me. We were just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're making. Yeah, that was fun. I don't know what's going to happen with this. Yeah, this episode. podcast is going to be interesting. It's going to either be great or not great, uh, <laughs> like one or the other. It's not right. going to be okay. Not going to be in the between. So. Uh, okay, so are you going to wrap up? Because if you want to wrap up, we can we can either do two minutes of more stuff. We can do two minutes. I don't know what. We're can you pull up the the sheet again? Because it's got like email on. This there. was a crazy. So if it matters, I mean, this is what our office is like. We do get a lot of cool people coming by. Yeah. Um, the guy that Lance was with, the gentleman you maybe just saw on camera, his name is Neil Dempsey. He won't ever tell me this. I'm pretty sure Neil's a billionaire, and Neil's one of my investors, and. Um, Neil, we'll have. He him felt the, like a billionaire. I felt that Billy energy. We'll have him. We'll have him on the podcast sometime. But basically, he was in his. He was trying companies and he kept failing. And up into in his late thirties, early forties, he was failing, failing, failing. He uh, got a job at a VC and um, met this guy starting a coffee shop. Brought it to the VC. Everyone laughed at him. They said, "No, this, we're not investing. This is stupid." So Neil invested his own personal money into it, and that company ended up being Star- Starbucks. <laughs> and so Howard Schultz, wow. the CEO of Starbucks, says that Neil's one of the people he looks up to, and he's one of my investors. They named um, the stadium, one of the stadiums at Washington in Washington. Is it Washington University or University of Washington? One of the they two. named it. It's called Dempsey Stadium because he donated. And, wow. uh, so he's a big deal. That's cool. This is that's legit. Our office. That's a great story. <laughs> um, wow. How to follow that. Okay. I, I, I think that um, we should probably kind of wrap it up and hope that there's some value in here for people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, let me, let me toss out uh, one idea. Because we owe people ideas, and let me toss out one good idea. Um, which one? Okay, I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do the one I started. So I started off talking about. Okay, these meetings are 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 meetings are meetings basically are like the the bread and butter of big companies. And so I calculated we have on on every floor we have like tw- I don't know 20 meeting rooms say, and nine floors. So let's call it 10 floors. So there's 200 meeting rooms, and uh, every hour let's assume I don't know. 80% of it is occupied. So I basically did the math and saw how many hours, and then you think, oh, every meeting has on average five people in it. And so you start to realize how many people hours are spent in meetings. And then when you look at a meeting uh, while it's happening, there's basically no technology. So the only technology in a meeting is like video conferencing, typically. Um, and I think that's kind of crazy. And so I actually believe um, that there's someone out there who could build a meeting, a meeting kit of some kind that makes meetings more... Um, more effective, more efficient. And I'm not talking about like transcribing, although that's one possibility. What I'm thinking about more is like the ability to give, um, uh, so I'm imagining like a physical device and um, you push it uh, when you want to say something. So this doesn't reward interrupters and loud voices because you sort of buzz in when you're ready to talk. So it just has a little light 
next to your thing that says, Sean, it sounds if like I you have something. If I would end it at the memo thing, that alone is worth it. Well, the memo doesn't require any, like, there's no business there, right? Like, companies just adopt that principle you know, of the process. You know, I think you're wrong, and here's why I think you're wrong, is Axios is coming out with this, and there was another, a new product called Recess that just launched, and all it is is a software, SaaS, so it's a service. You pay money, and you get this internal emailing tool that helps you write internal emails better to your company and it tells you who read it and who didn't. So it's more concise or what, yeah. what does it help? Yeah. Cause actually was a super concise yep. as is. Yeah. I think basically I think that there's a meeting tech, um, that will sound really boring, but if you just think about how much of business happens in meetings, how many hours, how much salary is spent every hour in these meetings, if you could make a 10% lift in how good the communication was or how well that meeting ran, uh, that's a big, big lift. And uh, I don't think anybody's really, uh, doing much interesting stuff there. I think people only really worry about like how do you g- schedule the meeting and how do you conference into the meeting. There's a lot of money built just on running the meeting m- meetings. Cal- and, yeah, those, and those are successful, uh, but I think the meeting itself could use uh, some improvement. Anyway, so uh, trying to throw in an idea here, but this will be known as the Lance Armstrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll actually get them in here in real time. This I hope that people will get value from this. I think we should publish this, but we'll apologize that it's only I, maybe. Yeah. Um, and we have a ton of ideas to go through for tomorrow. Uh, you you have a few on here that I'm like, what? You're curious about. Yeah. yeah so we'll we'll get to them tomorrow. All right. Tomorrow. Um, peace out. Thank we're, you. We're um, leave reviews and DM me on Twitter because I'll respond. <laughs> Talk soon. <laughs>